Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people about how they do their thing and keep it going. And today, the creative person I'm talking to is Roy Cruz. He is an actor and he's also the producer and the creator of the L.A. stage show Streep Tease, which is an evening of male actors performing monologues from Meryl Streep movies. So it's really cool. I first um, saw it and met Roy a number of years ago, I don't know, four or five years ago when he brought the show out, and he's bringing it back with a whole new cast, and I'm going to talk to him all about that. Uh, But first, a little bit of housekeeping. Oh, by the way, I am in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, as I record this. That's the, you probably sense the humidity in in my voice. Um, my friend Scott Williams, uh, past podcast guest, and I are going on the Regal Princess cruise ship tomorrow to mount a show that we co-created together called uh, Hollywood Screen Test. So I'll let you know how it goes. More on that later. But by the way, I'm in Florida. That's all. Um, that's all, as Meryl Streep would say. Um, go to DennisAnyone.net. There's fun stuff you can do there. You can see all the past podcasts. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, and you can donate to my virtual tip jar, which helps me keep the podcast free and pay for things like web hosting and the website. And that bill just came due. And I was like, wait, I thought I just got that website. But anyway, time flies is my point. And um, if uh, anyone, anyway, there's a virtual chip jar. You do it through PayPal. Um, it's much appreciated. So um, without any further ado, here is Roy Cruz. All right, I'm here in the Hollywood apartment of Roy Cruz. He is the producer and the man behind the stage show Streep Tease. He's also performing a monologue in it. It is an evening of Meryl Streep monologues by men. By Am men, I, yeah. Right? That's correct. By eight, nine gay men. Nine, are they all gay? Do you have to be gay to be a street, a street teaser? You know what? This time I auditioned straight actors. I really put in the sides. Right. Uh... Do, uh, we encourage straight actors to audition. Right. I had five, but uh, five actors who auditioned, straight actors who auditioned, but they really didn't get the the concept. They didn't really get it. They, not that I don't think they got it. Maybe they had to see the show first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I did. I did my part. You I did mean, your outreach. What yeah. Did you say? I know. I was the equal opportunity. Right. I mean, like you know, gay marriage. They helped us with gay marriage. Right. Helping them back. Let so. them be in street tees. <laughs> exactly. Now you did the show a few years ago. It ran for quite a while. Yeah. And then you took a break, and now it's coming back. When did you first do this? It all started 2009. Um, you know, and then started monthly. And then became weekly for one whole year, came back for limited engagement, then went to New York. So all in all, it ran for like uh, three years, four years. Then we had, we just had like a hiatus of, you know, just took a break for 18 months because you have to wait for new movies. Of course. Well, somebody's got to do Ricky and the Flash. (laughs) Please tell me somebody's doing Ricky and the Flash. I have not seen this movie. I want to see it. But I don't know if there's a big juicy monologue in it. But there's a song. We I know there's a song. We are, I, I really wanted to have someone play the play the bass or the guitar, you right. know. But I, no one auditioned. I guess no one brought know, in the Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, it's a bad movie. What about um, Iron Lady? Iron Lady. Someone's gonna do Iron Lady. Great. Uh, Matthew Noriel. Okay. And the, th- the nice thing he had a little. He's anic- British. He's British. I interviewed him before. Yeah, he's yeah. British, and he said when he was growing up, he often imitated Margaret Thatcher because he grew up in England. 
So perfect. Which is kind of like a nice, meant you know, to be. meant to be. Yeah. And this is an Oscar-winning monologue. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Have we had others since then? I guess August Osage County. Yeah. Well, now it's actually a com- a new, except for The Devil Wears Prada. I'm the actually the only original actor left. You're the only original actor from the first from run. From the first run, yeah. Okay. Because you know, uh, you kind of change things. You know, they're all. My dream is for everyone to rotate to come back. Right. So now we're also giving other chan- other actors to give their own take. So, which keeps it fresh. And of course, you never know what streak you're going to mm-hmm. get. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try something a little later on where you asked your actors to leave you voicemails about yeah. their monologues and we're going to play mm-hmm. them and see if we yeah. can technically make that work but we can we're not going to do that just Wait, yet okay so that's where we're going to find out what all the monologues are why Meryl Streep there's something you know every Meryl Streep movie that you love I love memorizing lines from movies from Betty Davis to even Jacqueline Smith right but Meryl Streep has even Jacqueline Smith yeah like Rage of Angels like no, you know like remember in 1977, she did a, uh, a TV movie, The Users. Okay. It's a, it's a really bad TV movie. Right. I have to check it out, though. But, you know, I was from right the... Right in my Phil- wheelhouse. Yeah, right. I, I was from the Philippines. Our, right. Our, our English is class- classroom English. So a bad TV movie is a Billy Wilder to me. Right, right, you right. Yeah, yeah, it's until amazing. You, yeah, until you come here and you realize, oh, that's a trash So movie. you would, you would uh, imitate Jacqueline Smith? Jacqueline Smith, um, a lot of... Um, even Raquel Welch. But, the, but women... Women, women. We like to do the women's women, lines, yeah. like the strong, powerful strong. divas. Yeah, when I when I got a little older, it became Jenna Rollins, you know. Right. Yeah, um, Faye Dunaway was oh another one. Oh my God, one. of yeah. course. You know, I mean, fierce. Fierce, like when he said, she, we hit the mother load. That was... Right. You know, when you're like 12 years old, what do you think of those? It's like, you know, sh- shoulder pads and that line. Right. Come on. Yeah, there's we something. hit the mother load is from what? Network. Network. Yeah. Right. It's not Mommy Dearest. Not Mommy <laughs> that, no. well, that's a whole new show. <laughs> now, were you doing these around your... Did you? When did you uh, leave the Philippines? Uh, 1995. So I, you were... No, I was 30. Yeah. 29. So you're yeah. an adult. Yeah. So growing up and you were doing these voices and stuff, did, did your friends and family think, what's this kid doing? He's so into these uh, TV and movie people? Or is it... Was it normal? It, it was normal because, like, you know, Filipino gay audience or Filipino... Gay, Filipino gays tend to like copy their, you know, stars on TV and repeat right. what they say on TV, thinking that it's fabulous, you know. So I think that's the, the Filipino aspect of the show is that like it's a common practice to memorize lines from movies, right? If you're, you know, from the Philippines, if right? You're, you know, growing up in the Philippines. So, what was there any? Was there any? Were people freaked out because you were gay, or that it, that, it, that it, you seem gay, or that it was? Did your parents were like, "Don't do that," or what was it? What's it like to grow up? In uh, you know, I mean, it was tolerated. It was right. more of like they didn't really say, "Don't do that," but right. were like sort of bemused every time I did it. Right. Like they didn't know what to do. Well, it's, in America, you know? there's that macho culture of sports yeah. and da 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 da, and maybe that it wasn't as maybe there's something equivalent to that but that's sort of pushed on boys here you're going to yeah. play Little League you're going to be a scout you're going to you know why don't you like boy things mm-hmm. well there it's more of like well if you're showing a little bit of the feminine side right. or like really not the typical boy side you kind of go to your mom right and then you know your mom is there to protect you kind of okay no one's playing with you let's go shopping right that kind of thing Right, and that's how I grew up, you know. Yeah, really more like on the women's point of view, or like really getting the more their activities than you know forcing me into sports. Or did you grow up in a city in the Philippines, yeah. or was it more rural? Like I, yeah, yeah for a city, and I went on all all 
Catholic boys' school. Wow. So, and it's even, actually even, uh, I wouldn't say worse, but it's even more interesting when you go to all boys' school because the feminine, the feminine kids sort of like group together and right. they're the, it's like being in prison. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like Orange is a New Black. Exactly. So all of those, you know, you, it's fun actually because at an early age, the crush system is developed. Like you know, you develop crushes, and then there would be boys who would be reciprocating, not just because they're gay, but there is the dynamic of the hard and the soft. Yeah, teens, you know. So wow, and yeah. you should do a monologue from doubt, which would very speak maybe to your uh, Catholic up, upbringing. Teddy Marcus is doing doubt. Okay, and good. He, Teddy Marcus is brilliant, brilliant, and famously, you know, and he did it so well. Yeah, he does it so well. I mean, just imagine. Well, imagine Teddy with a bonnet. Right. I mean, he doesn't even Already. have to speak. Yeah, you know? I love it. Now. Yeah. Um, do you think? Because sometimes I think she's brilliant, and then other movies, I, I'm like, I like I didn't love her in August Osage County, but I thought in Iron Lady, like, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. I mean, like, I saw Ricky and the Flash. It was a bad movie, but she makes it watchable. Right. You know, it's always like that now. It's like, did she did she write that article in the Onion about her career? There was an article in the Onion about five six years ago about her career in the movies like I may be the greatest actress but I haven't done any great movie me, yeah. she said maybe Sophie's Choice yeah, that's the thing I mean like you know Meryl Streep is a brilliant like hands down but as far as like that's know, really interesting movies for the ages yeah I don't know what would be the Meryl Streep movie I mean Kramer versus Kramer won the Oscar but yeah. nobody talks about it like they do yeah. Sunset Boulevard or, or All About Eve or or even other movies from the 70s yeah, like, even, like Network yeah exactly Faye Dunaway is one example of an actress who in her career did both like Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde even Eyes of Laura Mars is, yeah. is fabulous Meryl though is like she I think elevates her, elevates the scale she elevated the scale that like you really focused on her yeah. as an actress not just the, the movie so secondary you know it's interesting though that she hasn't has she been in a classic yeah. I guess Sophie's Choice is the closest Sophie's Choice I would say Out of Africa Out of Africa yeah yeah uh, I mean it won that but she's been in they won yeah. the best picture they just don't yeah they don't live on Dear the way Hunter is yeah, a good one but she, she wasn't like the star but right. she was supporting yeah but even um, like the hours, the hours that was yeah, great at the time. Great at the time, oh, the book is so great anyway. Yeah, it's really I really love the story of right. know, Cunningham. I mean, that's a different story, of course. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I mean, like Prada maybe, but the rest, I mean, like it's actually Prada might live on more than than a lot of her more serious exactly. stuff. Yeah, I watched it the other day. It was on cable. It's just so good. It is. It is. I mean, I, even after you watch it for twelve times now, yeah. after like what. It's been like eight years now. Yeah. It's so seasoned. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's still like the same. Well, Anna Winter hasn't changed. Yeah, so. well, yeah, exactly. Um, why did you choose that for your monologue? You do the Cerulean sweater yeah. monologue. It, it really all started like I was going to go on an audition then the, for an agent who said like, I, you know, um, I, 
yeah, I, I submitted and he said, come to the office, prepare a, a two, three minute monologue for right. a meeting. Because, you know, I think you look funny. So, okay, I went there. I think you look what? Funny. You think, you think you, look, you have a funny look? Let's but see yeah, what I do with you. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Which to me is fine. Like, yeah, you yeah, know what? If you get noticed for that, okay, it, yeah, I'll the take door it. Opens, yeah. you get, exactly. Exactly. In, right. another, in another market, I wouldn't yeah. take that. And then, so I prepared the Stanley Tucci monologue, but it didn't really go well. Right. And I said, I wish I, pre- I just de- said, um, I wish I just delivered, the, performed the Cerulean speech. The Miranda Priestly speech. The Miranda speech. speech. So Where I probably, she reads Anne Hathaway yeah, about her sweater. Yeah. And that was kind of like a big time, a, not, you know, medium-sized agency. Right. He probably would have repped me right away. Right. So it didn't go well. Then I went to an open mic that night. So I didn't have any material. Oh, I'm just going to perform to you that we were a monologue. And it's like, oh, it's funny. So you already knew you knew the yeah from watching. It. You had it memorized. I had it memorized because I think I saw you, you have in the movie. It, like, you just always have it in your back yeah, pocket. Like six months. Oh I my god. Six, six times. I like I saw it six. You times. don't have to do the whole thing, but how does it start? What's the first? In, in, in the uh, in the Cerulean speech. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? Oh, something funny. Oh, okay. I see. You think this has nothing to do with you? That's the that's right, the line yeah. where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what what's so uh, brilliant about that monologue or that script was that like pretty much what what in a minute and a half, Meryl Streep gave the break the food chain of retail industry. Which I think a lot of people found eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it, we were like Anne Hathaway. It never occurred to us. Yeah, it never occurred to us that, like, you know, the runway show is so important because yeah. the next day, knockoffs here Forever 21 will start copying. Right, yeah. You know, and then, yeah, it is... It felt like just something that Sarah Jessica Parker had to deal with. Exactly. That, like, you know, we go shopping and we throw... I mean, right. like, I work in retail and, you know, we're slaves. Where and, do you work? Uh, it's I don't want to say, but it's it's a very luxury, you know. Nice luxury. It it's it's um, it's spelled like the disease herpes. Oh, okay. All right. I think we got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. I sell outrageously expensive handbags. Do you think? Do you? What are the people like that come in there? Oh, the one percent. They're the one percent. What 1%. are the one percent like? Oh, they, are they nice or are they are they are they? Awful as we might imagine that they might be because it comforts us. Uh, you know, be rude and awful is a different thing. Rude is everyone. I've worked in the low, lowest end of yeah. retail to the highest end of retail. Rude is rude. You know, so I don't even question that. It's that the 1% is always going to be in a different world, in a different level. Like, you know, I, I, we think about an $80 sweater. Right. I'm not going to buy anything regular price. Right. You know, they, they don't ask. You know, that's a you know, like it's it's a cocoon where they are. It's a bubble, so it's outrageous their their demands. But then again, they're in a different world, so right. we're not going to be able to understand. Not that we won't understand it, but it's just different from us, from the plebes. What is it like to 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 be around them so much? You know, day after day, does it do anything to you, or is it just a job and they're just customers and this is what you're selling? They, it's a job, but then, you know, you get jaded, and right. then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, this is your concern? Right. Your alligator bag got wet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, yeah. This is that, your problem. This is your problem, you know? So, uh, the other night, you, you said that you like to watch TV movies and stuff in the 70s. My friend, uh, Doug and John, always have, like, random movie nights, and we watch mm-hmm. things. And there was a movie that we watched on Friday night, and it was a TV movie from the mid-70s called The Night That Panicked America. Mm-hmm. And it was about when 
the War of the Worlds radio broadcast uh-huh. played uh, in the late 30s, I think, uh-huh. or yeah, late in the 30s, and a lot of people thought it was real and ran around and freaked out mm-hmm. or whatever. But there was one of the sort of vignettes of people freaking out was this party full of rich people mm-hmm. and the butler had heard the intro to the radio show so he knew it was a radio play mm-hmm. and he just watched all of these rich people freak out <laughs> and that little look on his face of like sir if you could, no, 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 you know and yeah. he would get shut up and he just knew that they were make fools of themselves and it was so satisfying to sort of for them to get their comeuppance, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I think of that. Well, that, that's the, the same. The same thing is like you know, I there for one time there was like this big you know you see stars, right? The thing is like take away the status, they're people. They can be bitchy. They can right. be rude, right? You know, but it's just funny sometimes. Like the issues they you know think about or they talk about while we have different problems. Right, you know, yeah. So. Sometimes their problems are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of like hilarious. It's a, it's a different podcast, right. you know. Sorry about this. It's, no worries. Yeah, Teddy Marcus is, you know. One, one of the actors. Yeah, he's because got he's, needs. Yeah, because he, you know, I better tell him now that send your message right now. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he is the one that we're, we're not yeah. having? Tell him to send it right yeah, now. Yeah, send we're it right it now. now. Yeah. This and is then, happening on the podcast. People like this fly on the wall. They like to see how the sausage is made, yeah. as it were. And then I'm going to turn off the phone so we won't hear the ring. The ding? Yeah, All right. the ding, okay? Um, I will say this about that TV movie, though. Wow, okay. I thought it would be cheesy. It was like a good movie. Like, it had that 70s sort of all the president's men yeah. kind of uh, look to it and... Uh, the performances were good and it was like it was good because you know I think too like Lifetime took over the whole TV movie and yeah. Hallmark so they, they TV movie just became like the, the sappy with cheese yeah but then the, then like remember Satan School for Girls oh yes yeah. Pamela Franklin Kate Jackson if you can it holds it, up it holds up you can do it like you know like the, put the cast of Gilmore Girls in that or your Pretty Little Liars yes that would be a hit who were you obsessed with growing up in the Philippines? Uh, Do you have favorite stars or favorite yeah? I shows? always I always played Kate Jackson. And when you knew, do Charlie's Angels, because she was you a, thought you were the smart one. Smart one, yeah. Like she knew where to find the keys. <laughs> <laughs> she, so you, yeah, she she seemed the smartest. Yeah, and then she plays chess. Yeah, and then remember, and she doesn't wear bikinis. She, she doesn't yeah, do turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Yeah. So no. that one, I I liked her. I really liked her for that because you know it, she was different from the two other ones. Yeah, because the like even her background, the character background of Kate Jackson, she was a military brat, and yeah. then in the pilot episode. Pharaoh uh, uh, was playing tennis and Jacqueline was swimming. She was doing equestria. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. She's a different. Yeah. She's not a bimbo. She's not a bimbo, yeah. yeah. And she was gorgeous, too. Yes. You know? Yeah. All of them. Yeah, that one was probably because, like, that was TV we always watched. Yeah, I love that show. For movies, it was always like Faye Dunaway. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Faye Dunaway, because she was the only one who was really, like, wearing. wearing Fabulous clothes like Laura Mars and yeah. the Champ. Remember her in the Champ? Yeah. With have you ran into her in the streets? Because most people that live here have a story about when they ran into Faye Dunaway and she did something crazy. No, I haven't. I've, I've okay. been wanting to. And I where was it? Her house? It was in Melbourne. It was. Yeah, it was nearby. It was yeah. like on Willoughby or something. Yeah, yeah. So but I always uh, wanted to see her. Because, yeah. yeah. A friend of a friend got slapped by her. I don't really? know why. Yeah, but that's. That's a story. That's a really good story. I once interviewed her for a magazine, and she kept me waiting four hours. Really? Yeah. 
four hours because she was they did the photo shoot first and that's always trouble yeah and especially with her because she's meticulous and wants to look good and all that mm-hmm. stuff and like four hours later we, we finally sat down but it was alright yeah. I had my moment I mean yeah I mean you gotta give it to them they're divas they're you know right they're the old Hollywood but know. the interesting thing about Faye Dunaway is she's been in some real classic movies but you never see her at the AFI presents Bonnie and Clyde screening yeah because she doesn't yeah you, I feel like they know better than to call her because I feel like she's crazy because I, I feel like they, the demands would be, in other words, maybe, she doesn't. Yeah, I feel like, but she's never at those things. She, because I remember, well, it, because it was the AFI for Warren Beatty. Yeah, she had to be there, of course, right, to talk about you know Bond and Clyde. But yeah, I mean, did she ever get the Cecil B. DeMille Award? For I don't know. I think I think you know. I feel like she, her crazy has gotten in the way of her well, uh, you know. legacy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just me. But we still love her. We still love her. Yeah. Um, does Meryl know about the show? She has. She, she does. Like, even before, you know, uh, the first incarnation, like, in you know, the time 2010, yeah. um, you know, the office of uh, Kevin Uvain reached out and said that they want to see the show. But, of course, they never did. But we saw people from CAA coming to the show. Nice. And then there was uh, uh, one of the Hollywood Foreign Press, um, you know, journalists, uh, interviewed Meryl, who happened to have seen the show, said, are you aware that there is a show of, you know, gay actors performing, you know, your monologues? Yeah, I'm very aware of that. Do you have any interest? And then she said, no, because I I don't like seeing a show about me, you know? Yeah. It's very, yeah. you know, political. I mean, and I'll right. take it. I, You know, there's always going to be that thing about never meet your idols. Right. It's going to be, you know, you might right. get disappointed. Really. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said, if Meryl Streep shows up, pack up. We're closing. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it. That's it. That's it? Yeah. Now, do you still have a musical number? Because last time I do. saw it, there was a musical number. We still do. And then, in fact, right now, because we're doing the Iron Weed. The what? Iron Weed. Oh, Iron Weed. Yeah. I've never seen... I forgot about that one. This show is actually a risky show. We're doing a lot. We're doing some, some obscure, of the obscure things. Yeah. And because I feel like it's got to go full circle. We have to introduce this. Yes. You know? I mean, Iron I've never Weed. seen Heartburn. I really want to see yeah, it. Heart... I mean, we were considering Heartburn, but no one auditioned for that. Someone auditioned Adaptation. And you know, you realize, her narrate... Meryl Streep narration... In, in, in adaptation is brilliant. Right. You're talking about the orchid, the phallic symbol yeah. of the orchid. Gosh, every time you say a name and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Yeah. She's, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, that's the, the tricky part of the show is that like, uh, do we want to do it just because pe- people are familiar with her movies? I said, no, it's a tribute to Meryl, so do whatever we like. Right. You're not just going to do the crowd pleasers. Yeah. I mean, how many she-devils and, you know, Death Becomes Her, Can You Do? I mean, because <laughs> that's a favorite. That might be the name of this podcast. Yeah. I always pull a quote. Because um, uh, they're favorites. She yeah, knows. they are, yeah. It's are so, there hard, is there somewhere that's a great movie, but there's no real monologue, or you have to cobble stuff together? or A lot, a lot of it, we really have to combine it with yeah. other, because they're really, you have to pull it out from different scenes to sort of like yeah. give a sort of like summary of right. the movie. Yeah, so. Now, you know, you took a hiatus. Uh-huh. What, what made you want to bring it back? There's always going to be, um, you know, we have a Facebook page and right. it keeps on adding. People are still liking into it. it and liking it. And then, you know, there's always like um, 
some people who some actors who have seen the show yeah. are saying are you gonna put it back and let me know if you are you gotta do a step and repeat or a, like a photo op thing at the theater where people can put their feds, faces oh, in yeah. so they can tweet and Instagram yeah, that yeah. shit oh that's a great thing like that my poll yeah something like that it's yeah. all about social media now yeah, which I know. is different than when you originally did it you right? know it's interesting now even like getting your posters out in West Hollywood people yeah. don't the city doesn't allow it much so you really have to rely on social media and you know it's a different game promoting yeah so. and, and you were saying that the theaters that the, there's a lot less theaters now than a lot less theaters? yeah a lot less theaters now that bums me out yeah like the theater do they not make money and so they're turning into Chipotle the, what's the, happening well that's I think what's happening like on the theater road that's why those are closing because the owners are raising the rent and it's sad because this is a city of actors. Yes. I mean, you know, a lot of these actors need the theater because they could do like one serious play and, yeah. you know, and it's that we it's live theater. We got to support it. That's why I'm bringing it back because a gay, you know, theater is so associated with the gay community. And I even find it like becoming less and less gay productions. Like, thank God for Drew Drogi yeah. and, you know, Chris Pudlow and, you know, Jackie Beat, Nadia Ginsburg, giving this like at the Casita del Campo. I love that place. Yeah, I mean, thank God we have those like you know Sam Pancake. These like they're really they were yeah. outperformers. Yeah, and they never had they never cared about like what projects they do. And thank God for them that at least the you know queer theater is alive. But I you know I'm not seeing a lot of support from uh, the, the, you know, like, because there are no more places to perform. Yeah. You know. Now, where, what's the Matcha Theater? Is that the name of the place where you're, used you're to doing be, this? I think used to be New Theater Globe. New oh, Globe it's the theme. one across from Merit. Yeah, uh, one across the from The one Maris. that's kind of, like, big and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very Shakespearean. Yes. Shakespearean. Is there upstairs and downstairs? Yeah, there's an upstairs. So you got to play to the balcony. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful theater. Nice. You know? And uh, it's right in the heart of Boys Town. And right. there's parking, so people... There you go. Uh, there there's is. parking in the theater nice. at Hugo's. And then across the street, there's a structure for $5. Perfect. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So let's see if these messages work. Let's and we're going to okay. see what we can do. So what we'll do is you'll put your phone up by the mic. Mm -hmm. And um, you'll just... Uh, we'll see if we can hear the... What we asked is each actor mm -hmm. to say the uh, monologue that they're performing, mm -hmm. why they chose it, and then I threw in the random question of if you could spend the day with Meryl Streep, what would you want to do? Yeah. So let's see how let's we did. See. A lot of them got overly excited about it. Because, Good. You know, you know how Meryl is. Right. So let's see. And then I'm going to ask you that at the end. Okay. So, so think about it. Let's do this. Okay. Okay, so let's go. Let's go. Was that a test or is that okay? Hey, Roy, you just texted me, but uh, let's just chat about like rehearsals, like just kind of keep the game plan of when. Well, I don't know if this is okay, working. This is not. Yeah, that's the, the different one. Different one. Different one. Okay, that's okay. a different one. Okay, hold okay. on. I think I got it now. I got it. Okay, okay, perfect. So we find. Okay, who who do we have first? Ryan O'Connor. He's gonna be doing the River Wild. The River Wild. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. Hi, this is Ryan O'Connor, and I'll be doing a monologue from Meryl Streep's action adventure, The River Wild. If I could spend a day with Meryl Streep, I would spend an entire day having her show me everything that she does poorly in the world. Anything she's not good at, be it gardening, 
cooking, cleaning, anything that she's canning tomatoes, just something she's horrible at. I don't care. And then at the very end of the day, I would like to share with her what I have heard is her favorite meal, a very, very rare, practically bloody cheeseburger. That is how I would spend a day with Meryl Streep. I hope you'll come see Streep Cheese. Okay. That was enchanting. Yeah, you really went there. Ryan, Thank you, Ryan O'Connor. Yeah, you, you know Ryan. Oh. You know Ryan O'Connor, right? I think I know. That, yes, I know. He it. was at the Oprah's uh, reality show, your own show. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yes. really. I mean, he, I was blown away when he did the River Wild. So. I, that's a fun option. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's very butch. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and uh, then we have next uh, Chris Pudlow. Chris Pudlow. Okay. I love Chris Pudlow. It's very funny. Okay. So, you know, Teddy's still calling. Maybe we'll do a Teddy Marcus Live. We'll do Teddy Marcus Live, live if, okay. he's, uh, if he's... Um, okay. Now if he's... Uh, who are the cute kids on your phone? My niece and my nephew. Sweet. Okay. okay. So... This is Chris Pudlow. Chris Pudlow. My name is Chris Pudlow, and I chose the monologue from the movie She-Devil with Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr. The reason I chose this monologue was because I feel like it's a very forgotten Meryl Streep film. It was right in the vein of that and Death Becomes Her, where it was more like she was doing these weird comedies. But her performance is outstanding in it, and she was nominated for a Golden Globe, and I think a lot of people forget how funny she actually is. And if you watch this movie, it's great, and I really wanted to tap into that and how crazy she goes, because I love crazy women, and it's one of her crazy, more crazy performances. And if I could spend a day with Meryl, I would take her out to lunch. She'd buy, of course. And um, I would just pick her brain and want to talk to her about her journey and, you know, what her life is like and how she approaches her work. And I would just want to know who she is as a person, you know, more than just using her for her talent. Just know who she is as a person because I think that's very important as an actor is tapping into who somebody is and why they are who they are. And that really is what you see in work, you know, really just finding out who a person is. So that's what my day with Meryl would be like. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, wow. Very thoughtful very, answer very from Chris Podlow. Yeah. Pod- Chris- Taking this shit seriously. Yeah. All right. But, but Chris Podlow, I have to say, when she does a woman's character, oh my God, she commits to it. Juliet Lewis. Have Juliet, you seen the oh Juliet yeah, I just, was, I just saw the, um, the uh, Betty and Juliet yeah. Yeah, uh, Rise and Shine. Amazing. I, that one too. People, your listeners. Go see Rise and Shine yeah. with Betty and Juliet. Betty and Juliet, Campbell. yeah. There's always, yeah. always those two bet... Um, uh, Craig Taggart yes. and Chris Paul, they put up good shows. Okay, here's Matt. Matthew, Matthew Noriel. We already know what he's doing, yeah. but let's hear him discuss it. Hey, so my name is Matthew Noriel, and I am in the cost of Street Tease. Um, for this run, I will be doing The Iron Lady. Uh, the reason I chose this um, movie to do is because I actually grew up in England in the 80s uh, during the Thatcher years, and uh, used to revel in actually making fun of Margaret Thatcher and imitating her. Um, so it felt like a really good fit. Um, and if I could spend a day with Meryl Streep, I would probably spend the whole day shitting my pants. <laughs> that about sums it up, yeah. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> you know, very honest. Very, yeah, very, very honest. honest. I like that. Okay. Yeah, and it's very Matthew, too. Yes, you know? okay. I love it. Here's okay. Ma- Matthew Bridges. Another Matthew, Matthew Bridges. Bridges. Yeah, he's going to be doing uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Right. He, he just was in the episode of Scorpion. Actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
You know, it's always good to get some of that CBS hey, my money. My name is Matthew Bridges, and I'm performing the Kramer versus Kramer uh, monologue for Meryl Street Street Beef. Uh, I actually was kind of on the fence between two different uh, monologues. I actually came in with Into the Woods just because I love it and it's campy and over the top and, and musical theater, which is actually my background. So it was really, I really felt comfortable with that one. But then Roy, actually, uh, the creator of Striptease, he had suggested to go ahead and watch Kramer versus Kramer. I had never actually seen it. Uh, I had no, I know about its accolades and that she had won um, Academy Awards for it. However, I had never seen it before. Uh, watched it, instantly fell in love with it. She was so subtle and so so timid, but yet so strong in it, and I just knew that I had to do it. So uh, from that moment, I just I wanted to try and challenge myself and do something kind of in the vein of Meryl, a little bit more dramatic, some more subtle, uh, but something that was just so quintessentially Meryl Streep. You, can, you see it, and you get her, and it was amazing. Also, if I could spend a day with Meryl Streep, I would probably ask her to one of my board game nights because I think when you play board games with anyone, you get to uh, kind of see the true uh, inner inner person of, of that. And I think that it would be really kind of fun to play like Celebrity or, uh, I don't know, Apples to Apples or like Cards Against Humanity with <laughs> Meryl Streep because I'm pretty sure she'd come up with some amazing stuff. I also, like, if I ever meet Meryl, I, I've kind of planned it in my head. I just know that I just want to walk up to her wherever she is, look at her, get her attention, get her to look at me and just say, Meryl, I love you. That's all. And then turn around and walk away. And then that, that's it. And then she'll, she'll hopefully giggle and uh, smile a la the end of Devil Wars Products. But uh, that's what I would do. <laughs> okay. That was cute. cute yeah. And I love a game night. Yeah. I would love to go to a game night. Game night is fun. Meryl Streep. That's because a good, yeah. She and a group of people from, you know, like Robert De Niro and Mia Farrow, they're all yeah. um, charades. They all play yeah. charades. Of course. Yeah. categories. Maybe, yeah, maybe she could chew into a little of that. Uh, All right. Next is William Jenkins. He's actually a co-producer of the show. Fantastic. And he's also one of the actors. Okay. okay. He's going to be doing Iron Wee. That's so cool. Yeah, my name is William Boy Jenkins, and uh, the monologue I'm doing is from Iron Weed. Um, I'm playing Helen Archer, uh, the fallen singer uh, during the Depression. I was her and Jack Nicholson. Um, and uh, she plays a drunk who refuses to admit that she's a drunk and um, is uh, determined to live in the past in her mind. Um, I chose this because, you know, uh, it's an iconic performance that a lot of people don't remember. Um, and one, because Meryl Streep was so, uh, you didn't recognize her in it, uh, in the images and the posters, so even if you knew her in that, you didn't know. I felt that that's one where Meryl really lost herself um, as far as her um, personality, her image. And it was a great, great role of uh, just despair and pain. And and also there's a lot of humor there. I found uh, if we're going to camp it up, it would be a great way to, uh, I could really see how we could camp it up. Um, and let me complete this sentence. If I could spend a day with Meryl Streep, I would you know what, I would act with her. I would set up a, a scene uh, with my acting teacher or just even we could do it privately. I would find a 
15th of January, Clay, famous Clay, Almond, we just work out, we just work out the kinks, we just work out acts together. And, um, and then I get that, I, I've acted with Meryl. <laughs> We've worked together. Um, so that's what I would do. I would, uh, I would have street cred saying I worked with Meryl Street. All right, and I would record it too, and, and put it on uh, YouTube. All right, all right. So uh, that's me. All right, William Boy Chicken. Thank you. Fun. Fun. Yeah. I like that. He's always thinking of that IB, IMDb page. Yeah, IMDb page. So you want to call uh, <laughs> Teddy, Teddy Marcus? Yes. Let's call Teddy Marcus Let's call and see that what that woman is doing. Yes. You know how he, how she is. She's very in demand in, in, yes. in West Hollywood. You know. He hosts Mikey and Teddy's Mikey and Teddy's Comedy, comedy Hour, Hour with uh, Mikey Scott. Mikey Scott and. Um, we're calling. We're calling. This is very live. This is like live radio, people. Yeah. Call, you know, phone in. Hello? Mommy, you're live. I'm with Dennis Hensley. Hey, Teddy. Hey, how are you? We're good. How are you? I am awesome. Do you have a minute to tell me what monologue you're doing? I am doing the monologue from Doubt. Doubt, yes. Okay. Yes, I am playing Sister Aloysius Bouvier. Why Doubt. <laughs> yes, from doubt, that acerbic principal nun. What made you choose that one? Uh, a, I, I, I love John Patrick Shanley. I love the fact that the, the movie is called Doubt and he raises doubt in the audience's mind because you never really know what happened. So I, I love that movie, number one. Number two, The Metal Street playing her, she's so the stereotypical nun that we all talk about, that people say, well, I, I'm afraid of my nun from uh, my school thing, you know, the one with the ruler who would whack your hand if you did something wrong. She just plays her to the hilt, and I love that. And if you could spend a day with Meryl Streep, what would you do? Oh, that's a great question. Spend <laughs> a day with Meryl Streep, well, it would have to involve eating. <laughs> she does everything amazing. She's an actress. She sings. She dances. And I think she's extremely funny as well. So I'd like to sit there, and watch her eat, go to dinner, and pick her brain. I like that idea. Yeah, it sounds like a win-win to me. All right, thank, thank you, Teddy. Teddy. Thank you. Break a leg. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Have a great. So, oh, we cut him right off. Yeah. Um, oh, so sorry. it's fine. So we did a little experiment yeah. there. That kind of worked. I yeah, like I kind of cool. like that. You get yeah. a sense of their personalities mm-hmm. and the monologues that they chose. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me take your questions that you picked from the observation deck. Okay, yeah. And we're going to um, ask if you I'm, these. If I'm going to spend a day with Meryl, I would love to gossip with her. Yeah, don't you want to know who's <laughs> like, nice and who's a dick and who hit on her and, you know. Because I heard that like she... This are, these are all like gossip, of course. Like I heard that she and Sigourney Weaver... Both were at Yale at the same yes, time. Yes, that's true, I think. And then she, Sigourney Weaver always resented Meryl because she always got the the nice roles and Sigourney got the prostitute roles or right. something. So I want to know the, the, the dirt. The dirt. The theater the, school with, with, dirt. Yeah, theater school, exactly. Drama school. Oh, all that, that dirt. Yeah, that's all. You know, who's the real diva? Yeah, I love yeah. that. All right, what's, here's your questions that you picked from the observation deck. What's the most crazy thing you've done in pursuit of a crush? Uh, I was working at this building, and then one of the offices there was 
AIDS Healthcare Foundation, and one of the executives there, I'm not going to say his name, he's really hot, and we kind of just eye contact one time, but of course I took it like he probably likes me. Right. I put a note on the windshield. <laughs> of his car? Of his car, and then the next a couple of days later, I saw him in the elevator with his co-workers, and they started whispering. I got paranoid, but... Oh, but you, 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 know, you never heard anything. Never heard anything. But you know what? You took the step. Yeah, I, I know. I, I mean, but that, I felt like, oh, it's so high school, but who cares? Who cares? You never yeah. know. Yeah. All right. Where's the coolest place you've ever gotten to go for work? Fubar. Fubar yeah. is a gay bar yeah. in Los Angeles. Exactly. Fubar, when it opened in 2001, I was the first bouncer. You were a bouncer at Fubar? Yeah, I was the door bitch. Jay asked Jay from 2001 to like, yeah, just close to a year. Like one night when it, it just started becoming popular. Yeah. And then we were there when it wasn't popular. Fubar's kind of grungy and cool. And yeah. Like, and all. Dive. It's a dive. Yeah, but it's not WeHo, but it's not Silver Lake Silver either. Lake either. It's something right in the middle. Yeah, it's really, it can be nasty, but at that time it was like... They used like, to have like dick photographs. Yeah, big lunch. fat dick and yeah. um, Adonis Lounge. Yeah. yeah. I was the first door bitch there. Like, that was crazy. That was when David Geffen would come there. Holy shit. Yeah. So David Geffen would come to Food Bar. Food Bar. Would he stand in line? No, no, no. We knew who he was. Yeah. So, and then Jay, right in. Jay would just tell me, Jay, crime is, you know, right. the owner would say, okay, there are VIP people coming, you know who they are. He so, knew in advance that they were coming. Yeah, they were coming, so. Why would, why would big, like, Geffen go there? I mean, it's a cool vibe. At that time, it was the only cool alternative. Right. You only had Akbar in Silver right. Lake. Leather at that time was really of a different market. Yeah. It's only now that it's, the bears are crossing over. Yeah. You know, and then you had the Abbey. That yeah. was it. There was nothing in between. There was nothing funky and cool. Yeah, and at that time, like, it was still, like, this music of Britney Spears and some hip hop. Yeah. So those were like the old school and you know yeah. music. So that I think the the it's really that neighborhood appeal of Foo Bar. Yeah. So that was that's why people went there. Did you ever have to like threaten people or did you ever did anyone ever abuse you or being a bouncer? You know, I got I got someone spat on me like because I wouldn't let him in. But yeah. the thing is, fire marshal, if you get caught. Yeah, they're gonna close down the no know, more fubar, no more fubar, and that was what Jay want was like so scared. Of course, because yes, business. And then there were also people who would hand me twenty dollars to get in. Hey, yeah. keep it coming. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was your the most magical night when you worked there? Uh, you know, magical night. It kind of like was a magical night almost every every Friday night. Yeah. Because, you know, it was so much fun. There was, like, not not a judgmental people. Yeah. Oh, every time, it was magical. Every time the bartenders would uh, infl- throw flames. Or Monica, one of the girl, female bartenders, would dance on the bar. It was full-on Coyote Ugly. Exactly. After the Coyote oh Ugly my God. movie, yeah, they were, like, you know, throwing flames. And then they would, like, pour tequila on the bar oh. and light it. And then Monica would dance on. And the DJ was so cool. Oh. Yeah. I Those, love that. Yeah. I wish I'd known that they were doing Coyote Ugly shit. But I you were already in LA at that time. I right? was. I mean, yeah. I, I went there sometimes, but yeah. I never saw. But then it was only lasted a year, that yeah. kind of crowd, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's a fast. Things change. Things change. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. fun that you it's worked fun, there. Though. Yeah. Um, if you could relive one day from your childhood, what would it be? I think that was when I, it was like the first time I went to a, uh, uh, NC-17 movie 
uh, it was Gloria Jenna Rowland oh my god I was already like tall because I was like 14, 15 right and I kind of looked 18 right. at that time so I was able to get in and oh my god I, it was so magical being in the theater by yourself like you're already immature and you're watching this woman seeing this movie about this woman who just shoots everyone Wow, it's it's unbelievable. That's an amazing answer to that question. Yeah, I I, I, I remember it vividly, like because I saw the, the the trailer on TV. It's like, who is this woman? What is this movie all about? Yeah, and Jenna Rollins and Gloria. She starts shooting, and then badass. Yeah, and then you know, go ahead, punk. Even right. when she said that, and then when you watch the whole movie, even up to now, I like really amazed that that character yeah you know yeah I, I, I think about it. it's like yeah that was the first thing that I saw by myself that's so fun yeah I love it yeah um, now back to Street Tease tell us where it's showing and when okay Street Tease drops November 13th I love it drops <laughs> it drops <laughs> it drops November 13th 14th 15th at 8pm on Monday uh, on Friday and Saturday and okay. then matinee shows 3pm and 7pm on Sunday uh, it's at the Matcha Theater in West Hollywood. That's nice. 1107 North Kings Road. Right. Tickets are available at uh, Brown Paper Tickets. Brown Paper Tickets. Yeah. And there's a Facebook page? Facebook page, Instagram. And then hit me up. I might give you a discount code. That's Roy right. Cruz or Street Tees. Leave a message there. And then it. Will you be there for the opening? Uh, it's next weekend, right? Yes. It's this coming weekend. Not, 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 not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm, the only way I can maybe make it is Sunday night, but yeah. I will keep you Posted. Keep me posted, so oh. I'll put. So yeah. you're you're always welcome. Dennis yes. has been uh, a regular. I'm a fan. Show. Yeah. It's really unique. Yeah. What do you think? Why do you think it's special? Because um, it's interesting to see men do these parts. It's an interesting theatrical experience. And have you tried to put into words what it is? I really don't. Or do you just let it be? What I it let is? it be because I, you know, okay, we're not doing drag. But if we did drag, I feel like, oh, you're doing drag about Meryl. There's that judgment not that there's anything wrong with drag drag is an art form but maybe you have to be selective with what themes you're going to do so when you just put men doing Meryl Streep it, it just offers a different a different show right yeah I, I can't pinpoint it but then I always say well we all love her so let's let's know, celebrate her let's celebrate her um, the one time I, a couple of scenes I saw it but one time there was puppets is, yeah. is anybody going out and doing anything kind of are there? I don't know. Someone's gonna be rapping. Someone's gonna be rapping. Someone's gonna be rapping. Yeah, like not presence. Like yeah, rap. Rap. Yeah. So like hip hop. Like hip hop. So there's gonna be like imagine, it's like you know straight out of Compton or something. Right on. All right. Yeah. I in, love that. Yeah. In Probably with Iron Weed. That's the obvious rapping. <laughs> How would you know? I know. I nailed it. <laughs> All right. It's so neat what you've created. I'm glad that you brought it back. Go see Street Tees if you're in L.A. next weekend. And um, find them on Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah. Thank you for doing thank the podcast. You, Dennis, thank you. It's my for, pleasure. It's a fun. It's so much fun. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay. Awesome. Thank, thank you. Thanks again to Roy Cruz. Go and see Street Tees. It's showing November 13th, 14th, and 15th in Los Angeles. All right. So this happened. I got a very exciting email recently. I got an invitation to host Dancing with the Desert Stars in Palm Springs. So check it. It's basically a Dancing with the Stars kind of benefit. It benefits the Desert AIDS Project. And I would be the Tom Bergeron, who I think is a fantastic host, by the way. And um, so, of course, I said yes. Um, 
and my co-host, my my Aaron Andrews, that's going to be in the tears, uh, tears and cry area. They have a name for it. Basically, it's the dressing room where they just came off. How do you think you did? Uh, let's get your scores area. That person is going to be Jackie Beat. So it's going to be me and Jackie Beat doing uh, hosting Dancing with the Desert Stars. If you happen to be in Palm Springs, it is on November thirteenth, a Friday night, Friday the thirteenth. I don't know what that means. But I'm just glad I'm not doing a pasta doble. That's stupid. Actually, I wish I were doing it. I would kill to be on Dancing with the Stars. I love that show still, all these years later. I don't care if they don't have any stars left. If it's just somebody that was once on television, I'm in. Um, it's uh, on the 13th, Friday the 13th, at the Palm Springs Convention Center. 6 p.m. cocktail, 7.30 p.m. show. Um, so if you happen to be in Palm Springs, it's a great cause. You can support it dancing, fun, and I'll be living my dream. All right. So that's it. I'll let you know how it goes, but uh, I want to get the word out. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.